Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. It's been a week since devastating earthquakes struck Turkey and Syria. As the reported death toll mounts well past 30,000 people, Californians are looking for ways to help survivors. Reporter Laura Fitzgerald checked in on relief efforts in the Bay Area's Turkish community. In Turkey, rescuers are working through freezing temperatures to free survivors from the rubble. Okay, this one is uh, it's, okay, it's warm okay. clothes. Okay, thank you. I, we really appreciate your... Here on the UC Berkeley campus, Meltem Su, president of the school's Turkish Student Association, is gathering donations. The area surrounding the group's table on campus is piled high with warm clothing, sleeping bags, and tents. Anything that can really just help heat up the human body. As many in Turkey are now without shelter in extreme winter weather, Su says this is the best way they can help. Meanwhile, the nonprofit empowering the Turkish American community is organizing donations in Santa Clara. Volunteers like Celine Birik box and transport the donations to San Francisco's airport. Every box is really valuable, including the tents, sleeping beds, and diapers, and the formula for the babies. Volunteers have already processed over 500 boxes of donations from around the Bay Area and are encouraging monetary donations to the Turkish Red Crescent or Kizile, and Turkish philanthropy funds. For the California Report, I'm Laura Fitzgerald in Berkeley. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate. 
www.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Let's turn to a big money California political battle you're going to be hearing a lot about over the rest of this year and most of 2024. We'll start at the drive through line. Can I get an egg McMuffin meal, please? The number one? Uh, yeah, the number one. It's estimated that every week, more than half of all Californians patronize some kind of fast food or fast casual restaurant, making it a multi-billion dollar industry. All right, your total of the first one, though, is Thank you. Thank you. But in response to stories about worker abuse in the fast food industry, last year the state legislature passed and Governor Newsom signed into law the Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act. The FAST Act created a first-of-its-kind 10-person independent council to improve labor conditions in the fast food industry, including the power to raise wages up to $22 an hour, a living wage. So, story over, right? Well, no. You see, the fast food industry immediately struck back, with companies like In-N-Out and Chipotle spending millions of dollars to qualify a referendum for the November 2024 ballot. If the referendum passes, it would repeal the FAST Act. And until that vote happens more than 20 months from now, the act can't take effect. That has infuriated labor groups and fast food workers who are gearing up to fight the ballot measure, like at this recent demonstration in Los Angeles. Maishiko Ronquillo has worked in the fast food industry for the past 10 years. She says creating a council to improve pay and working conditions would be a sign of respect to the state's nearly 400,000 fast food workers, many of whom are immigrants and people of color. When you're hungry and you don't have time to eat, where do you go? Who do you depend on? Us, the fast food workers. That's, that's who you depend on. Ronquillo, who cares for an adult daughter with autism, says the FAST Act is necessary because of just how economically precarious the lives of fast food workers are. Every day I wake up, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay all my bills. I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat for the whole month. I don't know. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing my best for me and my daughter, and we're just trying to make it. But the fast food industry says making sure California's FAST Act never gets enacted has become its top priority. It has been and remains the number one threat that we see, the number one issue that we see across the country. That's Jeff Hanscom, a vice president at the International Franchise Association, a trade group representing fast food franchise owners. Hanscom argues that California already has a high minimum wage and plenty of laws on the books to protect fast food workers without the FAST Act. He also says implementing it would hurt both businesses and California consumers as fast food restaurants close and prices rise. Hanscom says by as much as 20 percent. You're looking at less restaurants, less options, less jobs, higher cost of food, uh, all of these things to pay for the FAST Act, which in and of itself was a solution in search of a problem that never existed in the first place. Hanscom says the fast food industry is ready to spend whatever it takes to make sure the referendum targeting the FAST Act passes. But fast food workers argue labor violations and survival wages in their industry won't end until the FAST Act becomes a reality. We're not tired. We're tired of being discriminated, but we're not tired of fighting. No. So are we tired? No. Are we tired of fighting? No. See? 
They're demanding that the industry abandon the referendum and instead reach out to workers and the state to implement the FAST Act. Here's fast food worker Evelyn Barillas. We won this fair and square. You would like them just to implement the law that was passed in Sacramento? Yeah, that's what we would want. what's, What's fair? While the battle over the FAST Act is just getting started here in California, its passage has inspired other states. Legislators in Virginia and New York are considering bills to create their own fast food councils to improve the lives of fast food workers. The middle-class tax refund that millions of Californians received from the state will not be subject to federal taxes. The Internal Revenue Service says you won't need to report the payment as income on your 2022 return. There was plenty of confusion about the money because it came from federal COVID-19 relief dollars, but wasn't necessarily helping people affected by the pandemic. Governor Gavin Newsom billed it as relief from California's sky-high gas prices. The state franchise tax board has already said California will not tax the payments. And that is the California Report for Monday, February 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great morning. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care, now with 846 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 